0: Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we're talking about what to expect when you're pregnant with a rainbow baby. So this week is a more sensitive topic, although it's one we feel is really important to talk about because it is so very common, but not many people are talking about it. We will give a trigger warning because this episode is around pregnancy and infant loss. It may be upsetting for some of our listeners if you have experienced this, But know that you are not alone, and if you're not ready, it's okay to grieve at your own pace. It might even be a good idea to skip this week's episode. Before we start, I have some exciting news. As you all know, Katie was pregnant with M3, and on January the 10th, she safely delivered a baby girl, Maeve Jane Elizabeth, weighing 6 pounds 8 ounces. It was another crazy birth, which she'll be sharing when she joins us again. But for the next few weeks, she'll be taking a bit of a break as she adjusts to being a mom of three kids. So in the meantime, I'll still be hosting the podcast and we have lined up some wonderful special guests with topics that I think will really interest you. But with this episode, which we recorded last week, you'll get to hear Katie talking about her experiences with having rainbow babies. We hope that if you have experienced pregnancy or infant loss, that you will be able to relate to what she's sharing and find some comfort knowing that you are not alone.
1: The inspiration for this episode, because it is such a sensitive topic, is also one that is extremely important to acknowledge and talk about. I was sent an article by a listener uh, about this topic from motherly.com. And it really does speak so true to so many women's experiences. But also, I think recently, too, I think within the last number of years, people are being more open about their experiences with pregnancy loss, miscarriage, infant loss, in hopes to normalize women's experiences.
0: The first person that comes to mind is Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. She had a second term miscarriage in the fall and she was very open about it. And they posted photos as they were grieving and shared their loss with everyone. And I think it was, it was probably to help them grieve as well, but it also helped tremendously I know, with women all over the world who could completely relate to her. And I think uh, it was a catalyst to kind of talk about this, especially since I think it happened during pregnancy and infant loss month, if I recall, around that time. Yeah. So there was a lot of talking about it. And we had talked about it at the time doing a podcast episode. And we just kind of uh, put it aside till now because there was some other things that listeners had wanted to talk about. but we felt now is a good time to, to talk about this.
1: I have spoken in various episodes. Uh, I've mentioned about my miscarriage experience. Um, And I think it's really, and I try to be very open and honest about my experience because uh, when I had my miscarriage, um, which was my first pregnancy before Freya, When I had my miscarriage, I knew two women who had had a miscarriage, my mom and my aunt, who also had lost their first pregnancies prior to their, their children. Those were the only two women that I knew that had, had, had a miscarriage. Um, What I didn't realize at the time was how common it is because miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth are all things that so many women and couples go through silently they don't speak about it what i didn't realize is how common it is because after i had my miscarriage i had gone back to work a couple of days later i was in the staff room and i overheard another staff member talking about some a medication and i was to our to our administrator and I was like, I know that medication. I have that medication in my bathroom because of my miscarriage. And so I kind of pulled her aside and I didn't know her well. Um, it, I was an, it was a new school that I was at. So, and she was in a different uh, division. And I just said like, oh, I kind of just made like a nonchalant comment about it. And I just, I said, you know, I, ha- I, I have that medication too for my miscarriage. And she kind of looked at me startled and she said, you had a miscarriage. And I said, yeah, I had one very recently, like within the last couple of weeks, really it had been within a week. And, um, and she said, I just had a miscarriage as well. So two staff members within a couple of weeks, to each other had suffered a miscarriage and neither of us would have said it, said anything had I, not initiated that conversation and it turned out that we were turning we were very good supports for each other and we needed that support because there were days where things were not great and like we really we really struggled and we were able to lean on it on each other and build a relationship around that um, to help us get through those school days where you know we were just struggling but neither of us were going to talk about it so that then made me realize how common it is, but also how silent this type of topic is. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about this, because as you kind of get older and you have friends and relationships that, you know, you, your friendships get tested and you go through things, you really do come to realize that miscarriage, infant loss, pregnancy loss is really something that is so common. Um, but there are some common trends that also go along with it that once, if you, if you are able to get pregnant, if you choose to get pregnant, if you're able to get pregnant again with a rainbow baby, then there is definitely a difference between your first pregnancy and your, your subsequent pregnancies. And I will say Now I've only had one miscarriage, so I've been fortunate in that. Um, But I will say that these overarching themes that go along with being pregnant in with your rainbow baby, they are present in every subsequent pregnancy. I really struggled with them with Finn and I've struggled them with this pregnancy, my third pregnancy with M3. So It's not just your rainbow baby. It really can carry on and affect all of your pregnancies.
0: Makes sense, though, because like when you're pregnant, it just seems to dredge up all these different feelings around relationships and people. I know I I did not have a miscarriage, fortunately. I don't know that many people that did. I'm just trying to think. I know my cousin's wife did. And we had a couple friends of the family that I knew had miscarriages, but because people don't really talk about it, I'm sure there are lots of people I know who've had miscarriages, and I just don't know. For me, the loss of a parent, which we'll talk about in another episode, really weighed in on on me being pregnant with my kids. So, you know, a parent's one thing, but losing a child and You know, knowing when you were due with the child and that would definitely conjure up a whole bunch of different feelings, especially now that you're having another child or, you know, any other subsequent subsequent pregnancy. It's just not going to necessarily go away. Right. Because you'll always carry that loss with you.
1: You're absolutely correct. And it doesn't matter when the loss takes place. Like a loss is a loss. It's hard. So one, the first kind of overarching theme that you will see or you will likely experience if you're pregnant with a rainbow baby is you are going to be worried. You are going to be stressed about the whole pregnancy and that lev- those stress levels could very well overshadow the joy that you're experiencing of being pregnant again. And um, it's okay to to be worried I can absolutely tell you that there is definitely a sense of fear with every pregnancy I've had after my miscarriage absolutely um and one thing for sure is to make sure that you talk to your your doctor or your midwife um whoever your medical professional is so that they are aware of how you're feeling um because you know for some people their stress and anxiety manifest in like um, sleeping, having difficulty sleeping or eating or you know functioning so you need that support to help you kind of get you may need that extra support to get through it um, but I there is always this fear and worry and stress about this uh, about a pregnancy after you lose it Um, you worry about, you know, different pains you worry about, um, you know, the round ligament pain is so common early in the pregnancy and that's, it can be so painful. And, and that is quite often a very big trigger of fear, um, after you have a miscarriage. So expect when you find out that you're pregnant with a rainbow baby, um, expect, stress and worry because it is extremely natural to be concerned um, because of your experience before.
0: That makes perfect sense though, because, you know, you're always afraid of history repeating itself, right? And most of the time it doesn't, but you're always, it's always in the back of your head that it could.
1: Absolutely. And that's exactly it. It's like always, there's always this cloud that's kind of hovering over you um, where, yeah, where it's, where it's hovering and you're just waiting, um, or you're, you're scared. Um, and that is completely normal. Another piece to it too, is, um, that you also need to allow yourself to grieve your loss. And now some women absolutely allow themselves to do this. Others, Um, feel like if I, I struggled with this creating a a space for grief, um, with my miscarriage because I did have a first trimester miscarriage. Um, I felt like I needed to show everyone that I was okay and just kind of like suck it up and like move past it. Um, when I wasn't okay and I didn't allow myself to grieve. Like, obviously I did grieve in the immediate, but then I kind of felt like I just needed to be like, okay, I needed to suck it up and show people that I had moved on because I didn't want to make upset other people. I didn't want to make them uncomfortable. I was thinking about other people's feelings as opposed to how I, how I was feeling. So I really struggled inside Um, I kept my grief inside and that that resulted in now I know me going into experiencing some depression after and so like I really struggled but it's really important to allow yourself to grieve and it can also be be prepared that that grief could be triggered by something that would be completely unconnected or something that you wouldn't think of. So like, even after you kind of, it kind of just shows up in surprising ways. Like you could be at the grocery store and there could be a woman walking by with, you know, a baby carrot, like a baby in a bucket seat or you hear a baby cry. And that could be a trigger for you to cry, like to get upset and to have that grief resurface. Um, it could be seeing you know, someone pregnant or I really struggled after my miscarriage with um, for, for quite a while, for the 14 months after my miscarriage, I really struggled with having friends get pregnant. And I've talked about this before. So I had, I'm trying to think of the number, was it 34 or 37 friends in 14 months? between my miscarriage and, and Fre- becoming pregnant with Freya who got pregnant. And I was so jealous and I really struggled with that. Um, because then I felt terrible that my first reaction was jealousy. So that, but that was my grief popping up and how it manifested. So um, a be aware that you need to allow yourself to grieve. You need to process, but also be prepared that grief can cause, can come from various different places.
0: And there's no shame in going and talking to a therapist. If you feel that you need the support, because you know, while you're pregnant, there's all sorts of hormonal things happening anyway. So you're already emotional and to be grieving while you're pregnant um you know it adds a different element to it so you might need to talk it through with a therapist uh, and definitely talk to your uh, partner about it right like you know your partner will have maybe different feelings around it but they're there to support you so definitely talk to someone uh if you like if you feel the need to do so
1: Yeah, absolutely. You bring up a really good point too about your partners because, and this kind of goes off on a completely, this could be a whole nother episode, but like, you know, partners struggle with uh, pregnancy loss, miscarriage, infant loss, stillborn, right? They, but they also face it in a different way um, in the sense that quite often they're trying to help you and support you. And then they have their own struggles with processing that. Uh, what has happened in the loss. I know for sure, um, Peter and I have talked about it, but like he struggled because he was trying to support me and I was trying to make everyone think I was okay. So I struggled. So on a different topic, right? Like absolutely, like, you know, be sure to talk to your partner and your spouse. Absolutely. As well as a a professional, mental health professional, because they there are are therapists who are specifically trained for loss, right? And postpartum perinatal care. So, you know, it you will be able to find someone who can support you very specifically in your struggles as well. Another common thing that you will experience, will likely experience in a rainbow pregnancy is that you might be reserved in connecting with this pregnancy, in the sense that you might be too, you might be cautious in getting excited, because you're waiting for that, that cloud or the other shoe to drop. Um, So kind of that, that dark cloud that's hovering over, you're afraid to connect with this pregnancy. You're very tentative about it. My mom with this pregnancy with M3, at one point, my mom said, are you like, are you happy about this pregnancy? And I said, yes, I am very happy because this pregnancy was planned. Like we wanted this pregnant, you know, like everything around it was, but I was so scared because not only do I get very reserved around my pregnancies, especially early on. Um, but I was, there was the added struggle of not, not seeing a doctor because of COVID restrictions. Um, so there was an added stress of the pandemic in it as well that was playing it. But my mom actually said like, are you excited and happy about this pregnancy? And I said, yes, I am, but I'm also very scared.
0: You've always purposely delayed telling people you're pregnant as well.
1: yes. No, you are. actually. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. We do delay. Many people say that they, you know, many people announce their pregnancy at 12 or 13 weeks. We hold off until a little bit later. And like, we did not tell my in-laws or my in-laws until like 16 weeks, I think, because I just wasn't comfortable or confident because not only had I Was that a delay, but it was, I was scared and stressed about not seeing a doctor. And it was just, so we had really pushed that one off, um, telling people my parents knew, but we were living with each other. They, we were, we were living at the cottage together. So, um, I had to tell them because I was really struggling and like, we don't announce publicly like through like a pregnancy announcement, like on social media at all. Um, any of our pregnancies we once we have the baby and everything is kind of settled and we know everybody's healthy we will then do a social media announcement but we have never done a pregnancy announcement and that kind of stems back to my miscarriage because like I was so excited you know like when I was pregnant I was going on Pinterest like looking up different ways to announce it and pregnancy announcements and like for social media and then like ways to announce it to our families and then I had the miscarriage, and it really it 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 shattered me, and it was really hard because I was like oh, I was so excited. So I've ne- we've never done that, it, like I've never looked into any type of announcement or doing something cute because it was it was hard getting so excited and then losing it. So um, it is very common in a rainbow pregnancy to be cautiously connected to that pregnancy, just because you're worried that it might happen again. And that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with being cautiously connected, but don't let, don't be afraid to explain why you're not, you know, shouting it from the rooftops. If you're questioned about it, to spy a family member or someone or a friend, there is no shame in saying, you know, like, I'm just not ready. I'm not comfortable. Um, It is your pregnancy. You need to do what you are comfortable with kind of going along the lines of uh, continuing with the lines of that, of being like cautiously reserved and connected with the pregnancy, you will also likely feel like some sort of relief with every little passing milestone. So I think the biggest milestone for any pregnancy after a loss is meeting that gestational week or the date of your lo- your loss. That makes sense. Yeah, that's probably the very first kind of milestone where you're just like, oh, okay. Like that's one little check, I think. And then from there, you know, going to an ultrasound and either seeing the heartbeat, that for me is like the first ultrasound is absolutely terrifying to me. Because for me, with my miscarriage, I had a missed miscarriage. So I thought everything was fine. I went for my first ultrasound went through my ultrasound. And I remember like, like an idiot walking out, being so excited, feeling so great about it. And then like the next day, getting a phone call from the doctor saying, you need to come in and knowing then I have lost this, I've lost the baby. And so for me, every early ultrasound is so scary for me. Like, and so I've always made a point of when I go in and they say, Oh, how are you feeling? Like the, the tech says, you know, how are you feeling? I have always been extremely open with them and say like, I'm terrified. Um, and I always just say like, I had a miscarriage prior to this pregnancy. I had, you know, or I've had a miscarriage and it, I went for an ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. So like, I'm always scared. And I, I found that by, you know, voicing and being honest about how I'm feeling and my experience, the texts are a lot more sensitive and are maybe a little bit more willing to say, Oh, like, here's the heartbeat. Like everything's okay. Like take a sigh of relief before they do all their measurements, because like that one is a really hard one. That's my, one of my big milestones is like, I'm always super stressed. I am I like to the point where I make myself physically ill um, leading up to these ultras, like the early ultrasounds but then even then like, you know, hitting 13 weeks for 12 or 13 weeks is like a big milestone for people. And then, you know, getting to your anatomy scan, or then like when you feel the quickening, um, and feeling like a little bit of movement. And then for me, another big one is hitting viability at 24 weeks. And then I set myself, A goal of 28 weeks and then I set myself a goal like you know so like you set yourself goals and with every time you pass them you might get a little bit more relief to some of your stress but know that there's probably going to be your stress or anxiety kind of hanging over you the whole time. We
0: actually have uh, friends of ours who they always waited to to tell their friends like not not so much their close friends, but like their social media friends until they've reached viability. So at 24 weeks, they'll do a social media announcement, but before then they don't. And uh, she was just always really skittish. And I'd never asked her if she had had a miscarriage, but I had wondered that because they have always purposely waited so long. And perhaps she knew someone or had a friend of a friend who did, but they've always waited.
1: So another kind of thing that kind of carries over into your rainbow pregnancy is that you are not so innocent in your pregnancy anymore and I know I felt like this a lot um and I, and I you know what I even said it too about like the milestones like I was I called myself an idiot walking out of my first ultrasound when I had my miscarriage. they didn't find the heartbeat not knowing I but I view myself as an idiot because I was so blissfully unaware and just so excited about being pregnant that I never clued in and maybe I didn't clue in because there was nothing to clue into. I don't know. But in subsequent pregnancies, I've always been more, I feel like there's more worry because I've experienced that loss. So I'm not innocent. And I think in for a lot of women, um, there is an innocence to first pregnancies or there is innocence in not having experienced uh, a loss of some sort, because it's like, for me, I can only speak for me, but in my first, like in a first pregnancy, I was so innocent. I was excited about, you know, the, the superficial stuff. I had no idea about miscarriage. I never thought that it would have happened to me. and, and, And after that, like the reality, the rose colored glasses are taken off. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that's most, most first time moms.
1: Yeah. And, and after you experience that too, like if you experience it, there's no going back, like there's no putting the rose colored glasses back on. Like you are now aware of the ways that things can happen or things that can go wrong. Well, even
0: like all the body stuff right like we have an an episode where we talk about all these like wonderful body things that end up happening i can't remember it was near the beginning i think um you mean anyways, one of our
1: earlier episodes like yeah, one of our early a, episodes
0: yeah where we list we listed a whole bunch of things that we didn't realize would happen to our bodies right like people talk about stretch marks and stuff but like who talks about hemorrhoids right <laughs> Um, (laughs) well yeah and uh when yeah when you have your first pregnancy there is so much that you just don't know and just nobody seems to tell you and I think you're right rose-colored glasses you kind of go into it really optimistic and you know sometimes things go perfectly sometimes there's hiccups uh, but the thing is like every pregnancy is different so if you did have if you are having a rainbow baby and you had a miscarriage uh, beforehand um, you know, every pregnancy is definitely different. And I think you can attest to all four pregnancies for you. Cause I know definitely my two are very different and in some ways the same, right?
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. And like, and, the, and that's exactly it is, is like, it doesn't matter if your loss is your first, Or if it's after your second, you know, like what order you experience, if you do experience pregnancy loss, those glasses will never be able to be put back. It's, it's, you've experienced it. And then, then your subsequent, subsequent pregnancy after this rainbow pregnancy is something that you'll feel really protective about because you have gone through that experience. Um, So, and that's okay. It's just, it's just a reality of you've experienced something that some women don't. And, and it might seem to you like, if you see someone who announces a pregnancy early on and you think, oh, I can't, like, I hope everything goes okay for them. Like I could never do that. That's fine. It's your, that's your, that's your protection mechanism coming into play because you have lost that innocence of being able to celebrate something that you now know has risk to it. Um, there is a level of ignorance is bliss for sure. And after a loss and then a subsequent pregnancy with a rainbow baby, that innocence is lost. You, that you can't gain, regain that innocence. So so our sixth kind of overarching theme is that you may feel guilty for kind of unexpected things. So in this rainbow pregnancy, you might be a little bit farther along in your pregnancy. You might be feeling better. You've met some milestones. Your stress has kind of eased down. And then all of a sudden it, you clue in that like you're excited or you're connecting with this pregnancy. And then all of a sudden you might feel like you're forgetting about the baby that you lost because you're feeling happy and excited about this new rainbow baby. There is nothing wrong with feeling that way, but be prepared that you might experience this type of guilt. The same thing might happen if you, if you are in your rainbow pregnancy and it comes around to the, either the, the date of your loss, the following year, like your first date, the first anniversary of your loss, and you're pregnant again, you might have fear around being pregnant again as if feeling like you're replacing this baby, the, the first baby that you had lost. Um, know that you can have both emotions and both emotions are very valid but try and focus on the positive, the, that you, you know, acknowledge your, your grief, acknowledge the guilt, but look at it so that you're not feeling like you've been, you're being disloyal or you're not forgetting about the baby that you've lost. But, but it, but there is this feeling of that so many women feel is like that they're, they're guilty of, they feel guilty for being happy or excited about a pregnancy after a loss because they feel like they're forgetting about or being, or, you know, moving on too quickly um, after a loss, there is no timeline that you need to follow and everything is at your own pace, but it's okay to be happy um, with a rainbow pregnancy.
0: And, you know, there are ways that you can still honor The baby that you lost right
1: absolutely and and it's important to kind of acknowledge those those feelings and what you've gone through and look and then also reflect on the journey that you've been on from that point as well um and also be aware like you know Every, as a human being, we have a really wide range of emotions and it's okay to, and those emotions are complex and it, but it's okay to feel all of those emotions. You don't just have to be happy or sad. You can be both at the same time for different reasons. The next theme that comes up and it will happen is that you will get insensitive comments from people. And it's not necessarily that the comments that they're making are meant to be hurtful or insensitive, Um, but it's just be prepared that people are going to say comments that are going to be upsetting. They might be very well intentioned, um, but they will be upsetting. So like one of the common ones is, you know, well, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Okay, thanks.
0: Yeah, that's
1: or a little insensitive. (laughs) Or you know, like clearly there was something wrong with the pregnancy.
0: Also not. Also not not uh, helping, right?
1: No, but like those are some really common things that like people will say with the what like with the intention of trying to make you feel better and like you know to help you process what you've experienced. but like just be prepared. I think,
0: I think sometimes people don't know what to say,
1: right? Well, and so,
0: so they end up saying something that's, you know, insensitive because they just don't know what to say. And instead of, all they have to say is I'm really sorry to hear that.
1: Well, and that's right? exactly it, right? Like, it's, um, you know, I think just generally speaking, death makes very, makes people very uncomfortable. And, you know, there's many times where death in general, you don't know what to say to someone who is experiencing a loss. And now I'm not just talking just like a pregnancy, a stillborn or an infant loss, but like, you know, any type of loss with death, you know, people struggle on how to express their sadness or like their remorse or their feelings to try and support you death makes people uncomfortable and that's what what loss is and and so you know they will have very well intentioned there you know some people will have very well intentioned uh comments that will be hurtful uh it's just it's not that they're trying to hurt you purposely it's just they don't know how to articulate it and I think it might be a little bit more common to have more insensitive comments when somebody is talking about infant like pregnancy loss or you know the loss of a child because that is just something that is so painful as well as you know some people are just not comfortable talking about it and so it's not necessarily these comments are not necessarily a reflection on how they feel towards you, it's more of a reflection of that they are not able to like process or articulate their discomfort or their thoughts on this, on what has happened to you. It doesn't make it less hurtful, but just know that they're not purposely trying to hurt you um, with these comments, but be prepared that there will be comments for sure coming your way. So the last kind of overarching theme for this topic of, you know, being pregnant uh, after a loss is that grief will continue. And that is completely normal. Um, You know, like your heart, your heart will always be touched by the, the pregnancy or the child that you lost. There's always a space for that, for that child. Um, no matter when you lost them. But so, you know, as the years pass, time, time will and space will, will give you a new lens on how to look at things, but it will also, you will still have that grief. So like for me, I still on my due date of June 6, for the pregnancy that I lost, I still think about that baby. And I always think, okay, wow, like I would be, I would have a five and a half year old at this point. I have a friend who has experienced numerous losses over various years. And she still like up until recently, like as of last month, you know, she you know, did a post about like, I can't believe it's been 25 years. Like, I can't imagine what you would have been like as a 25 year old. And, um, she suffered numerous losses and she's had rainbow babies. She has three rainbow babies. And, um, but she acknowledges that grief and like that grief is still there 25 years later for her. Um, does that mean that she, you know, it, she's still like, she does, isn't grateful for her three rainbow babies. Absolutely. She is so like, so grateful for her three rainbow babies, but it doesn't like, she still has that sadness because she has all these, she has her losses, those babies that she's lost that are still part of her. Um, And I think that's a way to also honor, you know, yourself and the babies, the pregnancies that you've lost.
0: There's a a band that I listened to as a teenager and the drummer of the band, him and his wife, their first baby. I can't remember if it was like a second term miscarriage or if it was an actual stillbirth. Anyways, they lost their first baby and they had planned on naming the baby joy and So what they ended up doing was they had three subsequent rainbow babies and all the kids middle names start with J as a tribute to joy,
1: which I thought was,
0: was really sweet. And it, and for them, it allowed that baby to be part of the fabric of their family. Yeah. Right. So there are ways that you can pay tribute, whether it's posting and acknowledging on the due date, whether You know, you do something special or you buy something, but there are definitely ways that you can pay tribute to the baby because even though the baby's not with you, it doesn't make it any less significant or any less special.